Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Welcome to Blood Time. This is Coach Cimarroni. This is going to be one of my favorite interviews. Um, last interview, what a amazing man. Frank Romano, the legend, coach at Notre Dame College, Kent State University, uh, Maple Heights, Kenston, uh, Illyria. Incredible story. An amazing guy because he doesn't know social media. He doesn't even have an email. He doesn't even know how to, I literally, he can text sort of. He has gotten the most hints on our social media. On my LinkedIn, he's over 2,000 views. It's crazy. I love you, Frank. You were great. Wonderful stories. You're a detailed guy. But I want to also talk about one thing. He used to, he referred to a term called the OW. For those not in the wrestling community, that meant outstanding wrestler in the tournament. So I just wanted to, a little uh, notation there if you're uh, back listening to the Romano interview. Today... This interview is the penultimate interview uh, of our entire uh, history. And the reason is, the reason I am doing this is because of this man. He is my wrestling father. He is the wrestling godfather to so many. The wrestling grandfather now, as we we matriculate through life. Uh, Coach Dominic Imerino, the history of Beachwood. How are you, Coach? Doing very well, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. I don't know how to take all these accolades. Just keep taking it, okay? Because I'm going to give you more. (laughs) Getting back to Frank. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt on this. He's one of my good buddies. Yeah. And we went to dinner one day last week. And you're right. It has to be Italian food. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I couldn't text him. Of course. I had to call him. Right. You know, everybody texts, but not Frank. No. I mean, I'm not the ultimate guy either. But his girlfriend, you have to send I, it to his I girlfriend's email. It all. It's beautiful. <laughs> Frank, I believe it all. But, you know, it's amazing how many people he's affected. Oh, absolutely. Okay? And that's obviously part of the, the, well, that's pretty much the main reason I want you in here today is how many people you have affected and the ripple effect of blood time. Blood time is about that bond, that connection. And you made that connection with me back in the early 70s. Now think about that. I was talking to my wrestling team the other day, and, and, and Coach uh, Goodwin, who's my assistant coach, goes, listen to this guy. He's been around the sport for 41 years. What's the matter with you as a coach and almost 50 years as a wrestler? And I said, shut up. <laughs> you know, it's like crazy when you start thinking of those numbers. Right. And I know a few <clears throat> years ago, you celebrated 50 years coaching. I did. And actually, I'm up to 55. God bless you, man. That's fantastic. Consecutive years coaching some wrestling team somewhere. And it's amazing. You're 31 years as the head coach of Beachwood in two separate uh, two separate reigns, if you will. Right? You got it. You got it. Actually, I thought it was 30. Maybe you're right. Well, I know you did 19 <laughs> the first time. 19. Okay. And then the second time, I, was, I think it was I thought it was 11 or 12. Yeah, okay, you're so, right. All right. 30 you're or 31 right. years. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. But how many people you have affected. But getting back to my initial comment about why I'm doing this podcast. The, re- the reason for this podcast is that the stories are incredible. I'm going to even use the term magnificent. 
about what has been what has been done in the real world with the lessons learned, either on the wrestling mat, football field. I'm going to have a. Uh, we're lucky enough. Our next interview after you is Bob France. Bob France is a, obviously a radio host. Um, oh, you know, yes. amazing story. Yes. He's a football player. We're going to do more of these other types mm-hmm. of a, uh, of athletes, but the bond, the the transformation of those young men and young women. Hopefully, we'll get some women on soon. Uh, that then transform them into the person that they are today and what they've done with that. You have seen so many guys from the early, well, mid-60s, right? Mid-60s, right. To now, uh, the transform, the, the transformation of our society. So you're really literally a walking compendium of what we are today and where we've come from. So where did you come from? Tell me where you came from. Well, I myself came from Cleveland, Collinwood area. Story grew up in Collinwood. Five and, points, right? Uh, five points, which, yeah. by the way, as you may have seen the news, uh, the school may close. Yeah. Very uh, hard to take being from that area yeah. and, and going to the school. Well, I was uh, in at Collinwood High School, and I, I believe it or not, I played basketball. You were a pretty good basketball yeah, player. Five but, foot four, whatever. But you were uh, vertically, vertically challenged. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I could and shoot. So many of us. <laughs> so anyway, I yeah. played. I played basketball right up to junior year. Okay. And my senior year, starting, uh, the guidance counselor. Right. I still remember his name, Harry Kester. Okay. He uh, he was the coach previously at John Hay and Cleveland West, which okay. at those times were big time. High school wrestling. Oh, sure, the Senate, the Senate league. The right? Senate. Yeah. He said to me, "Once, why don't you go out for wrestling?" Uh-huh. I said, "Well, I play basketball." Right. right. He said, "Listen, let's be honest. You're going to catch some splinters. Right. <laughs> why don't you go out for for wrestling?" Right. He said, "You seem like a pretty tough kid." Sure. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah. I took him. And that was really him. the only reference you had to have back that back in the day. Right. You were a tough kid, and you know, there's right. a lot of tough kids out there that yeah. you know. You, you pulled off and just, so one year of high school wrestling right. wasn't enough. I did actually pretty well for one year. Okay. And uh, lost, you know, I, you, we all have stories. Right, right, right. So I, my first three matches, I won easily, and I thought, this is easy. That's right. <laughs> this is easy, but it wasn't. No, no. And I remember, though, my fourth high school match, I wrestled the state champion from John Marshall. Sure. His name was Russ DeSanto. Okay. And he beat me 6'5". Wow. And I almost had him pinned. The old story, every wrestler sure. talks like that, but yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, he beat me, and I ran into him 10 years later okay. at some wedding. Yeah. He said, you pinned me. <laughs> so you still you remember yeah. all uh, these things, oh my God. the stories That's, that you the, say. Absolutely. The stories. The stories, right. I actually almost made state. One lost my point to make it. Was back then it was an invitational, though, wasn't it? No. No, no because it, it was in the It 50s. was earlier. Yeah, it was But in the 50s, my right. year, you had to qualify. And I got to the final match, lost to a kid from, I still so remember you, names so, and scores. So you lost the blood round. I did, four yeah. to three. Wow, yeah. That kid took third. He was from Cleveland Heights. Gotcha. Eugene Rosewater. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my uh, uncle Lenny knew him. I'm sure. I'm saying. sure he did. So, so then that motivates you to go to Kent State, right? Yes. You yes. then become the captain of the team there? Well, I did. Right. Okay. Co-captain. Okay. And I did pretty well. Uh, 
again, another story. My senior year, I was one of the co-captains, and I thought I could be an All-American, okay. but I uh, fractured a vertebrae in my neck. Oh, Mid-season, doctor said, uh, you look at this x-ray, you go a little further, you bye, could bye. be paralyzed. Oh, wow. So you're done. Yeah. So I was 21, 22 years old, yeah. and I was done. Motivated you to do it, what? It did. Yeah, it, motivated it, you to go into coaching, right? It did, but again, not immediately. Okay. I graduated from Kent with a business degree, but I was not in education. Gotcha. And I got married uh, three months or so after I graduated, mm-hmm. and uh, which is very typical for that generation, uh, your generation, yeah. right? Twenty-two years old. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first baby came within a year. Right. Typical right. again. Yep. And I thought I wanted to teach and coach. Okay. So uh, I was working at a support. Uh-huh. I went to John Carroll Night School. All right. It, I could only take one class at a time because I was working. Sure. Second year, another baby came. Oh, boy. So <laughs> I had to work to make money. No. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have family planning back no, then, right? No, no. Exactly. So uh, it took me about two and a half, three years to get those courses to, sure. to teach. Sure. Yeah. But little by little, right? Uh, yeah. Trust the process. Uh, if you, you want to go on with, the, with my story on this one? Sure. So yeah. I met. So I uh, had a job at Reliance Electric. Okay. A young sure. young yeah. guy out of school working in the, in the uh, office in the in the factory, a little office in a factory. Right. I used to assign jobs to those older guys. Older means 45, 50, right. which today are kids. Yep. And I used to give them their jobs, and they used to get on me. You know, they, they worked incentive. Okay. So okay. they would say, I don't want that job, kid. Right. And, of course, I learned to fight back with sure. these guys, these hard-nosed factory guys. Sure. It, it was fantastic to have that experience. Oh, yeah. And I learned to fight back with them. No, this is what you're getting, man. Right. Don't tell me you can't. You had to be directional. It, it helped. Absolutely. It yeah. helped me. It's kind of like when you had to kind of get in Mike Milkovich's face when he called you a ham and Oh, well, we won't get to that one now. No. <laughs> That's one of the greatest stories of all time. Who were you with when he called you a ham and Okay, you yeah, very off on that one now. Uh, I was with Arnie Saferstein. Oh, yeah. That's right. Now, Arnie was one of my first assistant coaches at yeah. Beachwood. In the sixties, late sixties, and we went to watch a match at Cleveland Heights with Cleveland Heights and Maple. Right, back in the eighties. Maple was number one. Cleveland Heights was very good. Is that when uh, Madavina was the coach? Madavina was the coach. Yeah, and they had some person who was supposed to do the time didn't show up, and they asked us to do the clock. Right, right. So I okay, I'll help out. They showed me how to do it. Right in the middle of a match where Maple Kid had the Cleveland Knights kid on his back, the buzzer went off. Oh my God. I had nothing to do with it. Oh I swear till today, <laughs> I didn't do it. All of a sudden, the buzzer went off. Of course, the referee had to stop the match, yeah. and the time was not really out. Gotcha. It took the Maple Kid sure. away from the pit. <laughs> That's right. So oh, he Coach Milkovich comes over to the table, and he said, no wonder you got these ham and acres keeping score for you. That is fantastic. So that's what he called me. That's right. Big Mike getting in your face. I love it. So all this gets together, right? And then now you're thinking to yourself, maybe I can coach. Maybe I can direct young men into a better life or a better opportunity. And again, I have to go on with that story. Sure. So 
uh, I student taught at Collinwood High School, which okay. was my home, my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And there was an opening. The principal wanted me to get the job. Okay. Teach and teach a business, which was my major, right. and coach wrestling. Right. Wow, my dream, my sure. high school. Yeah. I still lived in the neighborhood. Okay. And he called downtown. I was in his office at the time, and he told the, the people at the Board of Education, I got the young guy for the job. All right. And the guy downtown, he didn't even know me. He said, I promised that to somebody else. Wow. I was out. Yeah. So I go back to Reliance and Electric full-time. Okay. Uh, I went into the placement office at John Carroll, uh -huh. filled out an application. Okay. Didn't interview, just application. Evidently, Beachwood called John Carroll. Okay. Which happens all the time. Do you have anybody yeah. in your yeah. files yeah. who could coach wrestling right. and teach? Right. Yeah, call this guy. I love it. And it was late July. Okay. Late July before school started, of course. Right. And I did not even look for another job. I just felt, if I didn't get in my school, I don't want to do it, which was stupid. Right. But that's what I did. Yeah. Called this guy. Called me. Came for an interview. Yep. I I was I lived seven miles from Beachwood. I'd never heard of Beachwood sure. at that time. Sure. Yeah, it was a farm company. It, it, it was. was. A farm village. I mean, when my, my parents built the house there, there was that's nothing. Right. You're nothing right. There. You're right. As a matter of fact, that's that, was take, that land that you taught at was our land. Well, I, I remember. It's fascinating. Got it's the job, 1965. And it's amazing. You get it in 65, and then Beachwood literally explodes in the next 20 years. Absolutely. The city. And the city with all the infrastructure, all the businesses, all the corporations coming in there. The, the malls Park, came and so mall. forth. Yeah, Amazing. I remember when I first started Beachwood, the only business I can recall yeah. was Jolly John's. Yep, which is now yours truly. By, by, by the water By tower. the water tower. Yeah, absolutely. There was no hotel. It was a truck stop. Nothing. Yeah, it, was it was a, a truck, truck stop. stop. like 3 in the morning to 3 in the there afternoon. There was nothing. That was it, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah So just to look back, I, I've seen it all in Beachwood. Yep, absolutely. I've seen it all. Yeah, so so you get you get in there, your first year is what year? As I teach uh, fall 1965. Okay, Col uh, first year teaching, first year coaching. It was a new program. Right. They had uh, a club the year before. Okay. Okay. A club. All right. And you know, I was uh, I thought I knew it all. Right. Which of course I didn't, but somehow I was able to relate. Right. I I think that's just luck of the personalities. Sure. I wasn't trained in any way. Right. It just, uh, it worked. Right. It right. worked with the Beecher kids. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Beechwood was, is a, a fantastic place. Now, yeah. when I started Beechwood, to be very honest, the school was probably 95% Jewish. Oh, no question. I mean, my my graduating class in, two, in 1975, mm -hmm. we had 200 kids in my class, easily 180 Jewish. Won wonderful, yeah, wonderful was, situation, yeah, wonderful it was, people. It was, a, it was an amazing school. Yeah, an amazing school. Uh -huh. And I remember some people said, why, why do you want to go to Beachwood? You know, right. those kids, they'll never... Right. But it was wrong. they were wrong. Completely Beachwood wrong. had some very tough kids because it came from tough families. No question about it. No, and, and the the kids that we attracted, okay, and I was fortunate enough to be a head coach there too, a couple of times. They want that. Yep. 
And they were a little different, though, than, Absolutely. The, than the average Beechwood student. So yeah. to some degree, the people had that viewpoint were right, but they were wrong with us. They were wrong with the wrestlers that yes. we got. And those guys were something. They, they came from backgrounds where the families mm-hmm. fought hard in the business world. Yep. Some grandparents or even some parents right. were from, from uh, the Holocaust era. No question about it. Tough people survived many things. Right, right. And these kids were that way too. No question about it. And loyal. Yes. Loyal. Uh, it was a beautiful, Great. it was a beautiful, and I was fortunate enough to be your assistant yeah, yes coach you were, Peter. in the late 70s, early 80s, which was a lot and of our, our original we, golden era. We had some top years there. We did, we yeah, did and we, we did. attracted some amazing, amazing yes, kids. So what I want to get, I want to drill down into that. You know, I'm, I am your story. Okay, because I always wanted to impress you. You had the most charismatic personality of any coach by far. Maybe Max Vermillion to some degree had, had the same kind of loyalty, loyal following. But you were different. And, and wrestling clearly shows that when you go into the wrestling room, which is this gorgeous wrestling room in Beechwood, and you look at the board, and also, too, it also you also translated that into the other coaches that have taken over uh, from, from your reign the amount of people that would get down to state and place. So we get motivated yeah. kids to not only understand it, but trust the process so that they peak at the right time. It's an amazing percentage of kids that go down there. Place. That is true. You know, that it really is, is. So you had this uh, charisma. You attracted me to it. I was not a, I was not a great wrestler. I made myself into an okay wrestler, but I definitely made myself into a good coach because yes. of what I, what I learned from you. Tell me a little bit about some of the some of the kids that you coached that are doing some cool things, you know, and and actually transformative things in the in, in the real world and what they mean to you as a man. You know, I, I run into many of these guys. Sure. Pete, you're one of them. Thanks. You absolutely are. Uh, I I just run into everybody and and sure. uh, I I could think uh, Ricky Sorkin. Oh he was a state champ, three-time uh, finalist. One of the two beach wrestlers who were three was a three-time finalist, right. and took second with one leg. Basically. He did. Yeah. He did. He, he, he big-time graduate of Yale, right. Wall Street. Uh, one of the top people in Wall Street today. Right. Uh, people own the businesses. It's just it's amazing. I I run into Tommy Weiss all the time, who's done very well in the business world too. It just over and over. You right. just run. You see all these people. I I go to Dunkin' Donuts and Solon, right. have my coffee, and two, three ex wrestlers walk in, or right. or parents. It just it just keeps going. Sure. And sure. Uh, you know, the, the, I I just see it. It's just I I can hardly. I'm stumbling to to be more specific. Okay. You know. Okay. But well, like Michael we, we, Michael Goldberg, like we one of the Michael top Goldberg. lawyers, yeah. Scott yeah. Peters. Sure. He's a, he's a doctor. We he, have his, you know, his wonderful first I one know right there. to our left. I know that. <laughs> right. When, when Scott was in high school, yeah. Scott, I'm complimenting you. I never thought you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment. He was, let's just put it this, he was mischievous. Yes, he Very was. Very charming and Very, mischievous, and, and that's, but he's completely transformed And that's worked himself. for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, he's uh, transformed He, he, he was one of those late bloomers academically. And also Always had it. And also physically, too, right? Yeah. Think about it's that, true. right? That's I mean, true. he was an 88-pound freshman, right? Yeah, You know, think true. about that. You know, still... still. And he still blames own. me for losing his uh, finals 
championship. Okay. You want me to get to that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell the good and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, Scott's senior year, he was really outstanding. Yep. And in the sectional finals, he had to go overtime. Okay. With a Chanel wrestler. And he came out, you know, at that time, you had like a minute break. And I, I got in him a bit. Yeah. Yelled at him, you, you're not putting your own, right. you know, all that stuff. And it psyched him up, and he went out and won. Right, right. Okay. Right. So now it's the state finals. Right. He goes overtime. Right. But in the third period, he had to ride the man for two minutes just to tie, oh. which he did. To me, that was such a tremendous feat. Sure. So he came out right. for that talk, and I was so low-key, man, you're doing fantastic. Right. You know, just yeah. stick with it. You yeah. did it. Yeah. He lost. Yeah. Then he blamed me for not yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, still br- hey. he'll still bring that up. You're right. You're wrong if you're right, and you're wrong if you're wrong. Right? Why didn't you yell at me <laughs> like you did back in the section? <laughs> well, okay, I'm sorry. Why didn't you wrestle like the back in the section? I love commercials. Hey, Blood Time listeners. This is Maverick Peters over at MV Podcasting. Just want to give a quick shout out to our dear friends at Defense Soap. They're doing an incredible job staying on top of the world crisis that is COVID-19. Check them out if you get the chance at www.defensesoap.com. Thank you. Well, I, I got I to tell you, no matter what you did, he became one of the greatest assistants in the history of assistants for me. Absolutely. I mean, he and I would sit there and we would finish each other's sentences. We were unbelievably on the same page. And then when I retired the first time, he took it to the next level. The most proud moment in uh, up until 1994 in my life as a coach was when the, when he won the coach of the year that's right I could not that's be more right proud. I, I remember yeah. we were at that meeting together yep and I was like you oh, you my. accepted for him because he was in Minnesota I did I did and I was at just the so, time. I was just so yeah. proud and that's what it is right the student yeah. becomes a teacher you know so and we can pass that on this is what this whole thing is about right? and that year I was got to, uh, I was one of his assistant indeed, coaches indeed you came back for that you one came year back for that two, year well, yeah and then you became the head coach again, again yeah exactly right. so it's interesting right how, it, it how really fascinating, is how I fascinating mean, that kind of stuff is and I, I'm amazed at myself that I remember these little things little points but sure. but I do well that's what that's the glue of life that, that really is yeah. you know and so when, when we think about all of that, you know, and we think about, again, the, the echo, okay, or the ripple of your kernel, your core, your seed planted in 1971, this fat little kid comes in the practice room, doesn't know wrestling from whatever. I thought it was, you know, basically big time wrestling yeah. like an idiot. Uh, and then you, you literally... Whether you wanted to or not, you molded me into the. And then I went out and coached, and then Scott went out and coached, and Goldberg goes out and do this, right. and and Kraus goes out and, and does that, and you know who knows who were affected, and it's interesting because, you know, we got guys that maybe were really on the wrong path, and now are not only on the right path, maybe but so. are on the exponential path, that are just affecting people over and over again. And so, you know, excuse me. Sure, you, please. You mentioned Kraus, Ellen Kraus. Ellen Kraus. I just interviewed him. I, he's going to be our next. He's going to be great. our next interview. I, I, I have to tell this about affecting people. Sure. Uh, 
Al wrestled. He did yeah. very well. He did not make state, but he was a well, darn, back darn then, good kid. That was a really difficult yes, thing to do was. to make state. So he went away to college in Florida. Right. Antioch. Okay. And okay. he was taking flying lessons. Right. Right. And the story is told is uh, he was up in a small Piper Cub, I guess you call him. Right. Uh, it went down. Yep. He was with four people three and himself and those three guys died yeah, yeah. and l survived yep. and he uh he, he became partially, partially paralyzed at that time they thought it would be more paralyzed well they told me he could never walk okay so here's part of this now i ran into him six months after the accident yep. in corky lenny's okay he was in a wheelchair his family was pushing him when, when I tell the story, I, I really choke up. I understand that. I understand that. He was a hero. And he said, you know, oh, hi, coach, all that. He said, I'm going to walk into your wrestling practice. Love that. Love that. About a year later, yep. he, he came in with his, with his hand walkers. Yep. And he walked into wrestling practice. Amazing guy. Amazing. I mean, I really think of that. I, I do choke up. Sure. Telling that story. Yep, yep, and that's what this is all about. I mean, he felt he had to do that. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I had to have him in here. You know, and successful lawyer today. Successful lawyer, but you know, in the interview, he says this does not define me. What defines me is being a father, being a husband, being an attorney, being an advocate for others. (laughs) Almost the Zen attitude about, I got this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's still walking with the, with the crutch. Yes. But he's walking, and his upper body is amazing, mm-hmm. as it always was. But he always had those big, thick legs. Remember that? Yes. He had some great single leg takedowns. He, he said uh, wrestling helped him survive. Yes. When yes. he was in that airplane for a couple hours before rescue. Right. He right. said the discipline he learned from wrestling mentally, it really helped him. To yes. survive. Yes. And, and Coach. I, I hear those stories and know those stories, and, and it's worth it. And it, it is. And you're a strong man by by that leadership. And, and it, it kind of leads me into a, a thing that that's clearly has defined you over the last seven years. And uh, we talked about this off, you know, off air. And I'm going to bring this up. Your beautiful uh, grandson, Daniel. Right. Uh, was literally executed in 2012 right. by a very ill man, young man. Right in the Chardon High School. Chardon High School. And, uh, um, you know, I, I want to honor him. I want to honor his parents, and I want to honor you. But I know that transformed you. How did that transform you, and how did you deal with that as the leader of your family, the patriarch of your family? And what does that mean to you today? Wow. Well, obviously, that was the worst day of my life. Of course. And uh, if I could go back, uh, it was on a Monday morning. Right. Danny was in 11th grade, Chardon High School. Danny Parmitor, my yeah. daughter's yeah. son. And I had the flu okay. that day. Okay. I hardly ever missed school. Right. I stayed home because okay. I really had the flu. Right. Uh, well, it, it was clearing up. I was better than I was on that previous weekend. But I, I was out. And I re- recall I went uh, by myself to get a coffee at McDonald's. Okay. 
after about 8, 8, 8.30 in the morning, and uh, my wife called me. Now, my wife is not Danny's grandma, right. but she called me because she got the call about the shooting. And she said, uh, come home immediately. I mean, I, I didn't start, I didn't want to ask questions because I knew obviously there's something going. I thought one of my 90-year-old aunts passed away, right. never dreamed of, of this. And uh, she told me Danny was shot in the cafeteria. It was on the news on TV. Now, I hadn't seen TV. I was having right. my coffee at, at McDonald's. So then she had the TV off, actually, so I wouldn't walk in and see it. Yeah. So then we put it back on, and, and uh, uh, then I got the call about an hour later that he had passed away, right. had passed away at Metro. Yeah. Uh, to go to their home that afternoon in Chardon, my daughter and her husband, Bob, was the worst scene of my life, to see the the sadness, the, the people in the home. There had to be 50, 60 people there oh, it had to be just co consoling them. Desperate situation. And uh, it, it was... Almost surreal, right? I, absolutely almost yeah. surreal, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, I, I relate a little in time periods. I relate a little bit to wrestling. Of course. Because uh, that was state tournament week. And, and and I'm pleased not putting it in any perspective of anything near the same, but it just for my time period. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Danny grew up with Anthony Tudelo. Oh, sure, yeah. For those late, who don't know, Ant Anthony yeah. Tudelo grew up with Ant with uh, Danny when they were kids in Willowick. Right. Right. And then my family moved to Chardon. Uh, Anthony that weekend made state. Yeah wrestling for Lake Catholic right, right. and he made state that mo Monday morning or afternoon by that time he was in the home wow. with his parents wow. who are good friends of my daughter and her husband right. and he was really shook up of course and he said I, I don't even want to go to state right. of course you know came to senses and talked to him a little bit that day. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, you have to go to state. Sure. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it for Danny, your, yeah. your friend. Yeah. And uh, actually at the funeral, yeah. Danny's funeral, which was on a Saturday morning. At Montreal. Well, well, that, that, was, was, the, oh, that was the visitation. That was the visitation. The, the was, funeral was at the amazing. church in Chardon. That was an amazing scene of it was, really. there. Uh, it was. Anthony was in Columbus for a state tournament. Sure. He left a letter to be read that morning at the funeral. How beautiful. And uh, I, I did read it. He, wanted, he, he gave it to my son-in-law, Bob. Sure. Bob couldn't do it. So he asked me. I wasn't prepared. I never even looked at it. Right. And there were probably 1,000 people in church. And I, I did read it. And uh, you know that that's a, it's a memory again that from that day. That's raised, yeah. that's a raised right young man. Yeah, yeah, he's an out, outstanding young man. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so, and then a lot of former wrestlers were were condolences and showed and came and cried. It's just yeah. part of the family. Yeah. Well, I I was part of that. 
at you Montreal. Were. You were. And I'll never forget, right in the foyer there, had to be 50 former Beechwood wrestlers. It's true. And you're in the middle, and we're all just, I mean, it was wow. just a absolute, it was like a mosh pit of love. That's the only way I could think about it. And I don't know what, you know, as a father, I can't imagine what you said to your, your daughter, how you consoled her or whatever. And I don't no. want you to share that no, today. Just, you know, no. that's, that's, that's your thing. But what I will tell you is, is that, you know, they say, and I, I don't know if I believe this or not, that you only get what you can handle. But clearly you're a strong man. Well, again, maybe so, but uh, I lost a, a grandson. It's and it's tough, but I can't even imagine how much tougher it is, Jesus. was, is for my daughter and Bob. Yeah. I mean, uh, grandparents, of course, it's tough, but it's tougher. Yeah. And they are doing very well dealing with life. Well, I want doing you to, very well. I want you to let them know from me, and I'm going to ask my blood time family to send you as much love as possible. Well, Thank you. Because this is something that is the worst that could ever happen to you. Absolutely. No question about and, it. And I'm going to make sure they listen to this Please. so they can hear us talking about their curves and, and, and their... And, and yeah. it's Dina and Bob, correct? Dina and Bob, Dina yes. Dina and Bob, we send you love. Send love to, to you and your family. Coach, um, you know, I, I would love to, to talk a little bit more about that, but I think you've really nailed it. Thank you. You know, and I uh, want you to know that the transformation that has occurred through the entire, you know, family, nation, whatever, you, whatever terminology you want to use that you created is amazing. It is, it is expansive. It's crazy how big it is because a guy like Jason Thomas, who I know, okay, you never coached. No, not I was in the room, but no, I was no, not the head coach. You, the head you coach. and you Scott coached, so were. I you. So, but this guy is affecting an entire company down in Fort Bliss. Yeah, you know, um, Michael Goldberg told the story about how the room got him ready for his autistic son Noah. It's true. And he 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 used the analogy that wrestling got him ready for climbing Mount Everest every day and never reaching the top. Wow, think about that. Um, you know. So, and there's story after story after story. I, I can't uh, conceive of all this it's as crazy. much as you're making it sound. I know, I know. I, mean, I, I know I, I've helped kids, I know, but but uh, I can't perceive as many. I understand that, but you know what? It's amazing because sometimes I get, like I got an email from Jacob Markovich. Remember Jacob yes, Markovich? Yes, yes. Jacob little, Markovich was a little the, guy. He was just such a goofball. God, yes. I love the kid. Yeah, yeah. But he was a goof, and he just didn't have his act together. Right. And I would not allow him to get off the hook. That was my first year as head coach. And we had a terrible team. I, I remember, about, I remember. Back in 14 through 17, the second second tour date. And I, I get emails from him every holiday thanking me. So for, you affect too. Well, Pete. because of you. This is what I'm saying. I know that you don't want, you may not want to hear this, but that's that's really what this is all about. And so, why, why I wanted you in here today, and I could go on and on and on, but I, I really wanted to get to the, to the core of this to say that you created this, and you're still creating because you're at the middle school, and I know that it's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough thing right now. It's a tough thing, you know. It's a slugfest, but you're still doing it every day, and 
that's an amazing thing. You want to share your age? I'm uh, 79 now. God bless you. And I'm still going. Uh, I I think a lot of uh, I, I and feel you look better than Frankie Avalon. I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm healthy. Yeah, when I was a kid, they, that was my era. Yeah, Frankie. Avalon. The girls called me Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. I know. Buddy. I'm not sure if it was for Frankie Valley or, or Frankie, Frankie Avalon. Avalon. <laughs> you take either one, right? Frankie Valley's got a better Some of these young people don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, four seasons. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm 79, as you said, and, and I'm lucky that I, I'm healthy. Yeah. And I hope I'm healthy. Right now I feel healthy. Right. Uh, a lot of that, I think, is lucky genetics. Yeah, right. Right. But I take care of myself. Yeah, you do. So it goes both ways. I mean, ways. You're, you're thin. Yeah, and, and right. I kind of eat what I want. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm lucky. And you're active. Mom and dad, uh, lucky. Right. <laughs> and you have a glass of red wine once in a while. Oh, right? yeah. That's but good. only one. I only one, people. I understand that. That's the <laughs> discipline. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because, uh, you know, people ask me why you're going to continue. Well, yesterday I almost passed out. Young. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a you know, yelling in, but in the tournament. So I said, as long as I don't pass out, I'm good. You know wow. what I mean? But having said all that, we honor you and we thank you for doing what you've done over the years. We wish you continued health, continued success as you coach, pass these lessons along. So before I wrap up this interview, and again, I would love to talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Particularly, like you know, I, I remember. When I took over the head coaching position at Beecher in '87, you told me I was an idiot. <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. In your backyard on you your came, kitchen table. You came to my yard in uh, South Euclid at the time, yeah. and, and you were coaching with me, Brush, right. and we were making good strides. Yes, we were. And you said, You're going to go back to Beechwood. With well, Beechwood kid. had one wrestler. That's right. And I said, Pete, you're crazy. Stick yeah. with, with us. Right, right. We're doing well, we're getting pretty good here. Right. And you were right. You built it back up with the help of Scott, basically. Yeah, but your help too. Michael came in. Your help too. Your help too. My help. I well, mean, you, I gave was... me, you gave me advice. You know, well, after okay. you told me I was crazy, you gave me yeah. advice when I talked to you about it. You know? And cool. I recall one other thing about you, Scott, in coaching. What's that? I coached one year at Orange. Right. And my doomy record against Beachwood is zero and one. We had a do meet at Beachwood, and yeah. you guys won. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Darn it, I still think of that day. You know, I beat you and Gibbons as a head coach. Wow. And I was the first guy to beat Gee, Richmond Heights. Richmond Heights in a do meet, but now it wasn't Paporis. So I never beat Paporis. Paporis, you know what? Me neither. Yeah. And I was uh, amazing. compliment him and his family. He's passed away. He's a wonderful man. Head coach of Richmond Heights. My teams, we had some darn good teams. Yes, you did. We were eleven and one in dual meets, twelve and one, never beat Richmond Heights. Now after he left, yeah. we did. Yep, yep. No question. But about and that's a compliment to him because he was an outstanding coach, outstanding person. No question about it. Yeah. And somebody this morning when I was having coffee, yeah, I told him about the podcast. Yes. And my friend said. Are you going to mention you never beat Richmond Heights? <laughs> and I said, probably not, but I, I owe it to, yeah. to him yep. in, in his passing now that uh, 
means the head coach. I never beat him. It was an incredible rivalry. And we had and some fantastic, fantastic matches. matches. Standing room only. It was crazy. Tommy yeah. West's father got yeah. thrown out of the gym. <laughs> With his brothers. <laughs> his brothers. Gene but, and, uh, but we lost. Absolutely. We lost. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, the rivalries, right? I don't yeah. know if they're there anymore because of no dual meets. Right. And, and I can, that could be a whole other podcast, and I don't want to get into that. But I want to wrap this up, Coach. If you could leave us with just a, 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 you know, a thought or two of what you'd like to, to, to leave to the podcast world that listens to this, I would love to. Well, number one, thank you for having me. Sure. And uh, I think it's wonderful that you're bringing the wrestling community into this. People have to get to know more about the wrestling community. And uh, as you said, as we pointed out today, it's such a close-knit, blood-time community. We're all from the same wrestling blood. Yes, we are. And uh, people don't get it. And I, I hope they get some people get it from our your conversation, our conversation, and what you're doing. Thank Coach you. Dominic Imarino. Thank you. Hall of Famer again. in so many places. I'm wearing my ring today. I love it. The Hall of Fame, <laughs> National Hall of Fame, right? No, like, not National. Oh, just, Ohio, Ohio Wrestling. Just Ohio. Ohio Wrestling just Hall of Fame. Just Ohio. Okay, but also uh, Collinwood Hall of Fame, right? That's true. I, I, yeah, That's so true. there's plenty of, plenty of Hall of Fame. Well, thank you. But thank you so much for uh, coming in. Continue to do what you're doing. Continue good health to you and your entire family. Thank you. Uh, my love to you. Thank you so much for being that coach to me and my wrestling father. We are blood. This is Blood Time with Coach Cimarroni. Thanks.